Hello, everyone. It's your favorite podcast host, Hannah. And Mara. And welcome back to Communication Corner. On today's episode, we will be starting our mini series, SLP Journey, and be discussing everything about undergrad and our experiences. We will be diving into our next segment, Did You Know? So join us while you go for a run, drink some coffee, play with your dog, go grocery shopping, and let's start talking speech therapy. So, Maram, tell me all about your week. What's been happening? So I've had a really chill week, just like a really good vibes, calm week. Um, I toured the place that I accepted the job at, um, and I did go down to one day. Yeah, it was really, it was a really nice practice. Um, and I did go down to once a week. Hannah, actually, this wasn't on my list, but I just remembered something. Okay. So Mm -hmm. remember in episode, I think it's in episode two and you said, Mm -hmm. oh, do you know anyone who worked there? So I posted on my story, on my Facebook story. Uh And so many did we already talk about this i feel like i'm not sure i'm not sure okay i'll bring it up anyway just in case so many people responded and were like don't work for this company i was there like and most of them were there like two plus years ago yeah and Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. i was like uh started to like kind of get cold feet i was i was actually like literally had drafted the message telling her like actually upon further reflection i'm out um but then like wait um, you agreed to it right but you just didn't sign anything yeah i agreed to it and i mean california in general i think is an at will type of situation where you can leave at any point but yeah i hadn't Mm -hmm. like signed anything and so but then someone reached out to me and she was like hey i worked there like three years ago i I think it was three years ago Mm -hmm. and it was terrible it was under different like a different person. The company's been bought out since, and I have friends who still work there. Let me get in contact with them. So I was like, okay. Well, mm-hmm. she finally got back to me like a week later, and she was like, okay, they all love it. Like they just convinced me to apply to a job from how much they love it. And so um, I was like, okay, that's good. That means really that she got me excited good. again. She's like, it's just completely different vibes. Like the person in charge now, like has is really working on like creating a healthy work environment. And so I did end up going down to one day a week from two days because I was going to do two days and now I'm down to one Um, Mm -hmm. just because I figured like there's a lot of things that I'm wanting to do. Like I'm applying for a per diem job at a hospital um, and I really want to. Yeah, I I am. I miss the medical. But this one, oh my gosh, if it goes well, it'll be pediatrics medical and I'm. That's fine. So we, I'm so excited. But so we record these just so everyone knows. We record these like. um episodes in advance so by the time it gets to you guys like by the time it's out there um we'll have like I won't have been like I've already applied um just so everyone's on the same page it gives us a little buffer for when things go wrong but yeah Mm -hmm. so it's and there's a chance like it could be a NICU position if I'm lucky enough (laughs) I don't know oh that's no Um, that's exciting I'm really excited I like I've taken NICU courses I just haven't had like um the experience of the NICU because they're so rare mm-hmm, far and few mm-hmm. between anyways they so really that's my little job update it was all over the place but yeah I'm applying um and then also my little baby Omar who is seven months old now is drinking from a straw and so I just wanted to share that because it's the cutest thing ever he like will take a sip and then like look at me with a big smile um and it's just adorable <laughs> Oh, how cute. I actually have a pediatric feeding question, if you don't mind me mm-hmm. asking yes. you. When – okay, so like if a baby's like – I have a friend who her baby is about I think like six, seven months. And sometimes mm-hmm. when she drink water, she'll start coughing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, when I'm, you know, pediat- in adult settings, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're coughing. That could mean aspiration, right? But like in a pediatric standpoint or early intervention, what is that – what what do you do? Um, so the same thing ho- happened to Ahmad. Um, he has never had water before, and then when I introduced it, the same thing happened. He was just taking too much, um, and because water is so so like thin, 
I think it mm. like seeps its way. I don't. Um, so for me, I didn't do anything because like he would just kind of cough a little, but then he was perfectly fine, smiling, talking, his vocal, like he didn't mm-hmm. sound wet mm-hmm. when he was babbling at me. Um, so like I didn't really get worried because just like kind of like how sometimes like you drink too fast, same thing, but because they're right. just learning. So you're going to see coughing. You're going to see like he does this little like shudder thing if it's too cold or he goes like, like it's like mm-hmm. a... <laughs> I don't know. Um, And so he does something like that. So, I mean, you can tell too, like once it got like he coughed really hard and he had watery eyes, but like Mm -hmm. he coughed, I think twice or three times and then he was totally fine. And now he does a lot better. Now he takes smaller sips. So I think Mm -hmm. when you're just introducing it, it's um, just it practices what it takes. Interesting. Um, Yeah. So I would just, you know, keep going slowly. What if it happens consistently? When do you start being, Uh, when do you, as a parent, when do you start getting um, concerned or nervous? Um, I think I would start getting concerned or nervous if it's to the point where it's making the child like really uncomfortable. Um, so like if he was coughing and coughing and like crying and like, you know, just really uncomfortable, then I would have concerns. Mm -hmm. Also, if there was any concerns in other areas. So like if there's coughing when they're eating or drinking or anything else, you know, that mm. could correlate to this. Um, if they, I would also look at like their breathing and things like that, just to see like, is it just water? Cause water is really difficult to manage or is it, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, there's an actual underlying, uh, underlying issue. Also, I feel like parents, like, I don't know if we have any parents listening, always trust your instincts like there is nothing wrong with emailing your pediatrician or reaching out to them Mm -hmm. um and if your pediatrician like brushes you off but you think there's something there then like advocate for yourself and for your child Mm -hmm. um but yeah that's kind of did that I don't know if that answered the question kind of yeah no like when when we when I'm doing a bedside and I start hearing coughing I'm like oh that might be concerning or Mm -hmm. you know and when it comes from a baby, they can't tell you what they're feeling yeah. or they don't have a lot of past medical history. <laughs> so you can't go off <laughs> right. of that. Right. Well, the thing like with babies, like they won't tell you like, oh, it's in my lungs. But you like they mm-hmm. are very expressive. Like they're uh, at least the ones I've worked with. Um, they're very expressive and you will know if there's something wrong. Um, obviously, there can be situations where there's silent aspiration and stuff like that. But um like as a general, they're pretty expressive of what they're going through. <laughs> okay, learning something new already. It's only seven minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so that is my update for the week. Um, Hannah, how has your week been? It's been pretty interesting, honestly. Um, so like Maron was saying, we record in advance and last night we were supposed to record. However, we had some technical difficulties, but I was rushing last night because of the situation I'm currently in. So mm. um, I don't know. I, I think you do know. I posted on Instagram, but Omar and I just had our two-year anniversary. Yes. Um, congratulations. So kind of exciting. I don't know. Thank you. I don't know if I told you though, but when we got married two months or a month or two before our wedding, Omar actually um, tore his ACL, tore partial oh MCL. Yeah, he no. like shattered his meniscus. Uh, what? It was what really was he bad. doing? Mm-hmm. Playing soccer. Oh my gosh, and that's it's so, so crazy. funny because there's a there. Yeah, it was so it was so bad, but it was so funny because there's a well, it wasn't funny. It was sad, but there's a video. Um, our his friends were, was taking a video during the time that he actually injured himself and in the Mm -hmm. background you can hear the two people talking and being like oh my gosh he's about to get married in a couple weeks and it makes (sighs) me laugh every time because I was like yeah he just got and you can see him like falling and then like he just he's about to get married oh no but so he was wearing a brace he was wearing a brace Mm -hmm. during portions of our like um ceremony and then he would go Mm -hmm. on his crutches here and there but so it was about – so fast forward to like now, right? It was on Saturday, two days before our anniversary, Omar get, gives me a call and goes, hey, I think I tore my ACL, but on the left knee this time. Again? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Omar. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I know. Awesome soccer, right? 
Yeah, also doing soccer, right? He literally, I was like, we should bubble wrap him. He's had so many injuries. He had, like, as a kid, I swear he had a mild, like, TBI because he oh. forgot. He doesn't remember anything from his childhood. He has a big no. bump on like the left side of his forehead from hitting like the TV. And then he has like a gash in the back of his head from hitting like this pole at the park. <laughs> he broke his collarbone twice. He's broke broken what? his pinky playing soccer. Oh and I'm he's had so many injuries. And I'm like, dude, like you are so injury prone. Like, stop. Mm -hmm. Like, That's I feel so insane. bad for a kid. Honestly, <laughs> I thought I was clumsy. I know your future yeah. kid. It's Perfect okay if kid, I, I can handle having a baby. I'm sure he'll be. But <sighs> I'm I'm clumsy. I'm I literally am covered in scars and bruises all the time. But not like that. But mm -hmm. I also don't play sports. My husband plays baseball, and every mm -hmm. time he goes like to play, literally before any game, I'm like, just remember this game is for fun. Do not get right. injured. Like, don't mm -hmm. go too hard. It's literally for fun. You're not getting paid. Um, <laughs> so. I don't so, know. That's insane to me. So that happened yesterday. Yesterday is when he tore it? No, it happened two days before the anniversary. Oh. And so, and the reason why I was late yesterday is because I wasn't planning to do all the cooking yesterday. Like Omar and mm. I, we share responsibilities. So if mm -hmm. he, if he cooks, you know, he, um, I will clean and then vice versa. Mm -hmm. If I cook, mm -hmm. he'll clean. I didn't have a cleaner yesterday. Oh my god! And gosh. I was so sad. So I was doing everything by myself. And of course, like I, He's injured. Like the boy needs mm -hmm. to sit down and rest his yeah. leg so he doesn't get a worse injury. Mm -hmm. But I was kind of, I was like rushing because I had to do everything. But it was just so funny and ironic that he injured mm -hmm. himself two days before our wedding anniversary. Um, and oh I just thought gosh. it was hilarious. And I just kind of laughed and I felt really bad for him. But mm -hmm. it just was like very ironic. Um, oh my goodness. That's crazy. Yeah. Literally, yeah. Two, like, <laughs> so every two years, you need to bubble wrap him. Remember, right? Don't let him go to the soccer game every two years. I, he, Put it in your I told him, I was like, I told him, I was like, I think this is the end of your soccer career. And a couple, like, a 24 hours after his injury, he goes, You know, I think I'll be fine. He was like, I think within a year, I can get back to soccer. And I'm like, Oh my Dude. gosh, tell him to actually, like, <laughs> take care of his injury because yes. these injuries follow you. That's not, well, he shattered like his left or his right knee last time, and then he was totally like fine. So he went back, and now he's the other leg. So like, I mean, now he has both legs are injured, and I'm like, oh does my he goodness have, gracious! Does he have a really high pain tolerance? I feel like I'd be yeah, but, no, yeah, more than I, I mean, I cry over a paper cut because man, those paper cuts are intense. But yes. so he does have a higher pain tolerance than I do. But when he gets sick, oh, honey, such he a baby. is <laughs> such a baby. I'm like, like when I'm sick, I'm a baby too. But I'm like, can you help me? I'm in pain. He's like mad. He was like, get away from me. I'm hurting. And oh. I'm like, dude, like He's such like he's such a baby, but like in like a mean baby way. And I'm like, <laughs> he's a toddler. Yeah, there you go. He's a toddler, but you know, um, but I love him so much. So not, no, nothing bad to say about Omar, but yes. he is—he has a yeah. high high pain tolerance. So yes, um, I become a baby too. Whenever I'm sick, I'm very dramatic. So is my husband. So like, as long as we're not sick at the same time, it's fine because we don't mind like mm. baby the other person. But like, right, right, right. If we get sick at the same time, then I feel like <laughs> then I feel like. No matter what my sick is, his is mm -hmm. worse. <laughs> Unless like, it's exactly. serious. Unless it's no, serious exactly. where like the doctor's like, oh, blah, blah. But if we both like have a cold yeah. and a sore throat, his is automatically like with a headache too. You know, like automatically mm -hmm. this is just a mm -hmm. tiny bit worse. Uh, I feel that. I feel that. And I'm just like, yeah, I live with a constant headache. So <laughs> I, I feel like my sickness though lasts longer. Like when we got COVID mm -hmm. together – his was bad like the first day and then he was totally mm -hmm. fine where mine was bad yeah. like for three days. But when he mm -hmm. has a bad like one day, it's like really bad. Like he exaggerates yeah. or maybe he doesn't exaggerate, but <laughs> I know. he says it re it's really painful. Yeah. I've tried like I'm trying to be like, I don't want to gaslight you. I know that you're in pain <laughs> and that this is really difficult for you, but I'm literally cannot, I literally cannot breathe. I needed to go get an <laughs> inhaler. And he's just like, uh, I think I have a cough too. And I'm like, it's not the same, babe. It's not the same. Um, but yeah, he's, so he, 
also he rarely gets sick so when he does i feel like it catches him off guard mm. i like i got sick what was it like probably three weeks ago and i still mm-hmm. have the cough like it won't go away right um whereas like he's up and at him living his best life yeah. so it's yeah. that's so funny we're so alike mom i don't think you realize that because i'm the same <laughs> way i get sick constantly we're almost like bro i get sick once a year maybe if that he was like Hannah, mm-hmm. you're always going to the doctors like what the heck are you mm-hmm. doing yes. like, i, I just have a lot of issues okay i'm just really aware of my health um isa got sick twice this okay first of all mashallah but he got sick twice and he was like oh my gosh i've never been sick this many times and mm-hmm. i was like mm-hmm. i don't know what to tell you he's like yeah. i think um Ahmed got him sick the first time because he was just kind of coughing all over us mm. um and then i think the second time it was me but we'll see it's all good we're, yeah. we're all happy and healthy and there's far worse things than a cough <laughs> that, so. that is true that is true <laughs> your acl could be torn you yeah know. or my knee could be shattered yeah just like omar <laughs> Um, anyways, let's change gears here. My (laughs) second update is a little shorter, um, but it's about work. So, um, I had an MBS or a swallow study, um, this past couple of days ago on Monday and it was an Mm -hmm. outpatient procedure. So I come in and usually like the radiologist's name would be on the board when you walk in. So I always look to see, you know, who am I, who am I going to hang out with today? And, I looked at the board and I was like, hmm, that's a new name. I've never seen that. And I got kind of nervous because I'm like, oh, I have to build rapport with this radiologist. I have to be able to talk to them and, you know, build another, you know, build another professional relationship. And so now I'm with the patient. Radiologist walks in and I look and it's a woman. It's a female. And I was Yay. like, oh my gosh. I was like, I've never, I don't know if your experience, what your experience is, but I've never seen a female radiologist. And so they're always males. Okay. Um, I haven't done an MBS. So, but in my experience as needing the radiology done to me, um, they've always been women except once. But I don't know mm-hmm. if that's just like because they assume my preference is a female since I wear hijab. But wait, um, they've always been women for you, mm-hmm. except once. There was once where it wasn't um, a woman, where so they weren't weird. a woman. Mm-hmm. That yeah. is so weird because my experience, I've only seen like well, like for working, like radiologists for like swallow cities, they've always mm-hmm. been males, like. Yeah. 100% of the time. Well, and I will say as – sorry. I will say as mm-hmm. a patient who wears a hijab, I think the default automatically is like they're that I'm going to prefer a woman. Like they just assume that. So because mm. same thing with doctors. Anytime I've had a doctor, like that isn't my personal doctor. They mm. will always – like if it's a man, they will call me and be like, it's a man. Are you going to be okay with that? Um, and usually I don't really care. But you never know. I might that day but I think because of the hijab I think like they assume like just to be like more culturally competent or something I don't know that is so cool I didn't realize that well my experience like I said I've only experienced males and so I was really surprised and then she was Asian and I was like oh my gosh a person of color and she was I think she might have been like Pacific Islander or even maybe Filipino Mm. and I was like Mm -hmm. I wanted to give her a hug and be like Oh, to see somebody that looks like me in yes. like a, an MD, I was like, that is so awesome and cool. And I, she was mm-hmm. so nice. I talked to her mm-hmm. afterwards and I was, I had a few questions for her and she was just so nice and welcoming. And I was like, yeah. thank you for, I was like, thank you for being on our team. Like, I appreciate yes. you just being here. <laughs> I know. Literally, I'm always like, are you going to be my new best friend? I just, I love seeing another hijabi girl That's in the me. wild. It just oh makes my me gosh. so happy. That's so me. Like, are, like, I start thinking like, oh my gosh, we're going to hang out. Like, we're going to be besties. Like, what are we going to talk about? I feel you. What's your favorite food? I'm just <laughs> Right, right, right. But yeah, that that's my update. Um, it's been a pretty good week. Exciting, sad, yeah. but exciting at the same time. Yes. Good update, good update. Okay, so now we're going to go on to our next segment. So we are going to be starting a mini series called the SLP journey, where we will talk about the different steps and different parts of becoming an SLP. We're going to start with being an undergrad and moving up to being a licensed and certified SLP. 
We're going to include undergrad, applying to grad school, being in grad school, applying for your RPE or CFY because they're not the same thing, applying for your C's and state licensures, and then looking for a job negotiating your pay and your benefits. So here we go. Tell us, Varam, about undergrad. What kind of courses do you have to take if you're a student thinking about speech therapy? So the specific prerequisites are going to be very different um, based on the school that you apply or the country you're in, the state you're in. It's going to play a role in what your prerequisites are. However, these are some common prerequisite courses that are typically required or recommended um, when you start your program. So here's some examples. The first, so I'm just going to read through them. Uh, Introduction to Communication Sciences and Disorders, Anatomy and Physiology of Speech and Hearing Mechanism, Assessment, Multicultural Course, Research Course, Language Development, Speech and Hearing Science, Audiology, Neuroanatomy and Physiology, Psychology um, or Developmental Psychology, Child Development, DEF 51, which was for us, um, was the ASL 1 class. And there's a bunch of other ones, but those were just some of the ones that are recommended or required. Um, And make sure that when you're starting your program that you look for what your prerequisites are for your specific university. And these change. So I don't know if you know this, Hannah, but our university, um, I went on their website to look at their course catalog and Mm -hmm. it's changed and they've added Mm. some classes. Mm -hmm. What kind of classes are different that we didn't take? Okay, so let me just pull up that page. First of all, they have an intro to CSAD. They did not have that when we were there. Is that a whole course? Like, Mm -hmm. do you take it sophomore year or do you still take it junior year? So it's called CSAD 101. It's typically offered fall or spring. I don't think that was there when we were there. It has to be like a sophomore class because, you know, it it goes fall, spring, fall, spring, Mm -hmm. you know, like two years. Yeah. I'm wondering if they take it as a sophomore in the spring. Mm-hmm. I think so, um, because it says this course serves as an introduction to the field, which I know other schools do have this. I just remember mm-hmm. ours didn't. Um, and then they also added, where is it? Hmm. Oh, introduction to medical speech pathology. That was not an undergrad course. Ooh, was it? Wait. Yes, it was. I'm pretty sure, sure we took. Yeah, we took a uh, medical speech. I remember as an undergrad. I remember the professor. Yeah, it was um, – I remember because we all, like, it talked about the different type of imaging. It talked about MRI versus CT, and I remember we had mm. to go in depth. And then I remember the first day of class, the professor was like, who's interested in medical speech therapy? And everyone raised their hands, and I was like, oh, dang, that's a lot of people. And then, like, half the people that went into our program – nobody came a medical okay, speech therapist. you're right you're right because I remember she also like followed with okay and now like of the amount of you right she said something like of the people who rose mm-hmm. your hand like only this amount of you guys are actually gonna end I up, think so something like, like that but I just remember it was a large percentage but it wasn't a lot of people that ended up into the field uh, for some reason like um in my head it's just it was in grad school you so. know it's, okay I don't even remember taking that in grad school <clears throat> But did you know, though, I think it's probably just a blur because I felt like a lot of the undergrad courses were more pediatric centered um, or based. And then that was like one of the only class. class. Mm. I mean, like besides like neuroanatomy or neuro Mm -hmm. or neuro class. Yeah. That the medical um, the medical class was the only one that was directed towards like medical Mm -hmm. speech therapy, if that makes sense. There wasn't a lot of courses that they had. Okay, so then my bad guys. They've only added one class, which is the intro to CSAD, <laughs> which I think is a good class to add, honestly. Yeah, I, I was surprised so when we didn't have it. I have a question for you, though. Yeah. Do you, what should a student do if they're like a freshman or a sophomore and they're thinking of speech therapy, but their university doesn't offer speech therapy how to, or like offer communication sciences and disorder? What would you recommend, Maram? Do you have an answer? I do have an answer. Do you guys want to know what I did? Um, this Wait, this of, happened to you? Um, yeah, I wanted to know more about our field, but I did it. So wh- I was going to talk about this a little later, but I'm going to talk about it now. Um, what happened with me is I took our fall semester classes, which was physics of speech and hearing, um, mm-hmm. anatomy and physiology, and language development. And I said in my head, I was like, ew, 
this is not what I want to do for a living. Um, mm-hmm. Physics of sound specifically. I did so good <laughs> in that class. I hated it though. Um, but I like, so what I did, and I answer to your question, is I, I went on Yelp and I typed in speech therapy mm-hmm. near me. And I called those places like on the number they have there. And I said, hi, I'm a speech therapy student. And I was wondering if I could come shadow you guys um, just to make sure that this is the field that I want to work in. And you guys, speech therapists, we love to help. So I just felt like literally every single person I called said yes. I know this was different during COVID. My brother tried this with audiologists um, because of COVID. They couldn't bring in students. Um, And a lot of times if you say the word like shadow or observe, they're going to say yes, because that's not a responsibility. That's just coming in once or twice. Right, right, right. But what about you? But what do you recommend? Wait, that that was a beautiful what? answer, but that was not my question. No way. What was your no. question? It was like, okay, so like what if you go to a university that they don't have that major available? Like I had a oh. lot of people who went to like a UC, but oh. they like like for our university, mm. they have CSAD as an option. Uh, like okay. you know what I mean? Like what do you what should like a person who's just starting, okay. you know, their college, like their college career yes. and they're kind of interested in speech therapy. They know about it. They know a speech therapist. They love it. But like, what do they do if they don't have these courses available to them? Do they have to transfer to a different school or like, how hmm. are you able to compensate? Do you know? Cause I actually don't really have um, an answer. So I think you have different options. I completely misunderstood your question. I thought you meant like, before <laughs> we start our classes, what should we do to see if we like this? Um, okay. So th- my bad. But so I think there's different <laughs> options. It was a beautiful answer. <laughs> Thanks. I, as you could tell, I'm really proud of that. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So there's different options. I know um, our university has a second bachelor's degree program uh, oh, where yeah, if you have true. a bachelor's degree in something else, you can uh-huh go through this. I think it was a year and a half instead of the two years that the bachelor's degree is, or maybe it was even Mm -hmm. less. I don't really know, but I do know people who went through it. So if we ever want to get a guest, we Mm. can do that. Um, Mm -hmm. or we can ask, (laughs) um, I think all your own, like, I would think the only other alternative would be to transfer to another school. I don't think, I don't think, um, speech therapy is one of those majors where you can apply for your master's without having a speech therapy bachelor's. A speech therapy bachelor's. Am I that right, is true. Though? I think it I would have to be. I think you're accurate. Correct if is if we're wrong, or I guess if you go to school and you they don't have the option, you can call it a university that maybe has um, CSAD as an undergrad and see what kind of courses would collaborate or be like the same. But you wouldn't be able to take like you know anatomy and physiology of speech and hearing specifically, right? Yeah, like I, I feel like that would true. work. That would work for um, the prereqs, like ASL, Mm -hmm. um, child development, right? But I don't think it would work for the actual major classes. The only reason I'm hesitant right now is because I know for other fields, right? Like if you wanted to go to medical school, you don't have to be pre-med. or you Like Mm -hmm. you can just have a medical-related major and then do the rest Mm -hmm. of the requirements. Mm -hmm. Um, My cousin's actually a doctor and his his, um, bachelor's is in sociology oh like yeah so unrelated you mm-hmm. know so yeah I, I know think a few speech people therapy like is that. I think speech therapy but, you're yeah. right is very specific in that regard mm-hmm. yeah so you guys start looking up other universities um there's also online programs a few of my friends um who are licensed speech therapists did online programs and honestly after talking to them it sounded really hard um way harder than being in person, but I think you get a certain level of flexibility with it. Um, But yeah, that's... That was a tough question. I apologize. (laughs) No, you're good. You're perfectly fine. Um, You guys got two for one with that one. (laughs) I did want to ask you though, um, what was your... um, You talked about not a difficult course, a course you didn't like, which was phonetics, right? Mm -hmm. What was a hard course for you? Um, I think, let's see... Let me go back in time. Undergrad, a hard mm-hmm. course for me. Okay, the, so this course, course, the material was not hard, but the tests were unnecessarily mm. hard. I felt like I think we talked the language, about this before. Yeah, so the language development course, I could not. Mm. I struggled so hard to get an A 
on all of her assessments. I think like the first test I got a C, second test I got a B minus. And then from there, I think like I kind of figured out her Mm -hmm. testing style and I just kind of started committing everything to memory. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I grew up in the Middle East where like it's really hard there. School there is so serious. It's so hard. You have to know what you're going to do by the time you graduate high school. And then that's how you pick what even before high school by like 10th grade, you have to know what you're going to do. And then you pick different branches of studying that you're going to follow this is going on a tangent, I know. But so, and mm-hmm. then you have to have, you can't, it's not like here where like, let's say I got all C's, I was like, or not even just like, I barely passed high school, go to community college, mm-hmm. get my prereqs, go to become a med student, right? Like you have that option yeah. here. You don't have that there. Over there, they like, once your GPA, so like, for example, three to 3.5 is only allowed to major in certain things. And then 3.5 to 3.7 is only allowed to major in certain things. And then moving up. So yeah. all that to say, um, you really have to have a good memory. They want word for word when mm-hmm. you take their tests. And that's where like, I don't know why my memory sucks right now because I did have a really good memory. Still did really bad in school though because mm-hmm. I didn't speak the language. Um, but I felt like her tests were similar to that where you needed to know exactly what the book said or exactly what the slide said. It wasn't much of like, do you understand the material as much as did you memorize the material? Did you memorize it? And it was like literally like it would be instead of 53% of children speak or say this word or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then she'll change it to 54 instead of 53. And like you have to find the exact number, which mm -hmm. I thought that was crazy. I was like, oh my gosh, like you have to memorize each slide. In the moment, I didn't, I did hate taking those tests. Like, I'm not going to say I didn't, but like, I was like, maybe this is for a good reason. It was not, it wasn't. Cause like in the real world, it, you don't, I you can literally just Google it. Like, I don't, I, yeah, I don't get that. Right, right, right. Wait, I but, wanted to go back and add something to what you were saying. I think I understood what you were talking about when you were discussing like Jordan um, and how the school system worked. We actually had a, I don't know if you knew her, but we, there was a person in our undergrad who was from Malaysia and she came to the United States just for our, like the CSAD courses. And then she went mm-hmm. back and became a speech therapist. And I was like, wait, how can you do that? Don't you need a master's? And she was like, no, you just need undergrad. She was like, the school system here is so weird because she was oh. just like, when you, when you're already in elementary school and high school, mm-hmm. you already start taking courses for mm-hmm. the career you're going to be in. Yes. And she was like, mm-hmm. you, this is your, your undergrad is basically yeah. a master's in Malaysia. And I was like, wait, what? She was like, yeah. So by the time I can, when I go back, when I finish with this degree, I can go back and start practicing as a speech therapist. Cool. I was like, yeah, it's, what? Every it's place crazy. is different. Um, also like a lot of other countries that are not the United States, to become a doctor, like he, it's a five-year program. Like it's not a bajillion year program. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. But that's not just like in the Middle East. That's like um, a lot of countries in Africa are like that, the Middle East. Mm-hmm. So like, at least that's what my experience has been. Um, side note, guys, I'm a doctor. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm One not. day we might uh, be. <laughs> one day, yes. Me and Hannah are going to sign up and get our actually okay I was gonna say PhDs I never finished my sentences actually Hannah this is another tangent did you know that you could do a dual um program like a dual degree program and get like a PhD and a med like a clinical I did know that actually you did I would kind of in a sense there was somebody there was a doctor that had told me that and I was like whoa that's insane I'm I would do it it's crazy I knew I would have done it well, I was I mean, kind of burned that's out. That's a lot so of school. Out. Yeah. But I would do it now. I would. Okay. I was burned out too in school. Um, okay. So what was your, your – okay. Oh, my difficult course? Yeah. Uh, okay. I would have to say phonetics. Phonetics was the worst. I had a professor and like she's a great professor. Don't get me wrong. But this is the I first time teaching it. Wait, do you know which <laughs> one I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Actually, yeah, I do. Yeah, when you said it's her first time teaching it, I realized I was thinking of someone else, but I also love her. Yeah. I think it just wasn't her specialty or mm. I don't know, she just never taught it before and I didn't think she was just was new to it. And I think midway through, she realized we were all struggling and I think she she goes, "So you guys, you guys all have like Caesar like really low grades. So we got to do better." And we were like, "Yep." Yeah. <laughs> 
we are definitely failing. Um, and so I just, it was just not my vibe, vibe, vibe. Oh my gosh, I can't speak today. Um, and it was just hard. I don't know. I didn't really like it. It was confusing. Didn't understand it. One point we had to do math and nobody, nobody knew how to divide. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> We all had to divide during the test. Okay, so she passed out the, the, the quiz or test or whatever, and there was a division question. I don't remember why. We had to do some math, and everyone goes, can we use our calculators? And she goes, you guys don't know how to do basic division? And everyone's like, no. Did she let you? No. She, we had to do long division. I was going to say, I, she's not the kind of professor that – she's not like a rule brender at all. Like if yeah, she didn't no, go into the test, like you mm-hmm. can use division, like use your calculator. She's not calculators, yeah. No, I think everybody like failed that question or got that question incorrect mm-hmm. because we couldn't do long division. Like how sad is that? We <laughs> were like twenty. Don't you need? Don't you need to take like up to statistics? To, oh yeah, that's one yeah. of the prereqs. Statistics. That's oh, one I of hated the statistics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually that is hands down the worst class I ever took. Like I had to take. I took it over the summer. So think about that. Oh. You know what's even worse? And now I'm thinking about it. It is, I think it's an undergrad requirement now for aspiring SLPs. Physics. Hannah, I took physics. Oh my gosh. I took physics twice, almost three times. Um, No, at our our university. Um, I know my third time I did it online. But um, I did it at Coastline College. (laughs) No, I'm not. I did a G. Wait, okay, okay, go keep going. I will tell you my story about my physics experience and then we'll keep going. Okay, so um, physics, I took it the first time, I think sophomore year. I was taking like five other classes, psychotic. Um, and I, I went into office hours and I told the professor, like, this is what my grade is in your class. I think it was like a 68. Um, and I was like, is there a chance I'll pass? And I didn't realize you could pass a class with a D, number one. I learned that from econ- economics. Um, and then she, the professor, he was like, um, no, there isn't. And I was like, are you sure? And he was like, yeah. So he told me what I could do instead is like take an incomplete or drop the class Mm, or whatever it's called and then just retake it. Well, Mm -hmm. I re-enrolled, but I couldn't get it with him. And so it wouldn't have counted as the incomplete. Like it, it was a weird thing. I don't remember now, Mm. but he ended up dropping the lowest quiz, the lowest test, the lowest lab, the lowest assignment. Oh my God. Four different things. I would literally, you could have passed. 68 wasn't wasn't even a failing grade for the class. You could have definitely passed. The whole class, I would have gotten a freaking B probably. Right. I was so, so mad. Oh my gosh. I was literally, cause then I like had to enroll for it. And I think one semester it filled up too fast. The second semester I got anxious and dropped it. Um, and then I ended up doing it online at coastline college, which is like, um, I don't know if it's in SoCal or a different state. Honestly, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, that professor, like, I didn't cheat, but he for some reason thought I was, and I think it's because my cousin was also taking it, and we have the same last name, mm-hmm. and we were both doing really bad in it. And so he was like, oh. "Yeah, he was like, are you guys helping each other? You both suck." <laughs> okay. I was like, "No, we're just bad at physics." Okay. Do you want to know my story about physics? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this because so physics, you're right. Physics became a prereq. Um, I think you can honestly not take it until grad school too. Like some people, you just have to make sure no, you have it before. It they oh, they change it. it. You have to you do it to undergrad? graduate. Mm-hmm. You have to graduate. Do it before you graduate. Because my oh, brother shoot. had to get it done before um, he graduated. I totally missed. And this is obviously that, different. Yeah, this is different for wow. each school. So we're talking about our university here. But okay, so like our university, when we were doing our undergrad and masters, you could definitely wait until you went into your grad mm-hmm. school. But who wants to do physics in grad school really though? It's your last thing. So I did an undergrad. So I took, I tried to take it the summer before we, like our junior year. So when I was a sophomore, literally mm. had no idea what was happening. So I, I begged my mom to let me drop out the first week of summer school so I can get our money back. And so I did. And I found a loophole. Mm. <laughs> this is this my loophole. loophole? Um, I asked one of our professors what kind of physics we needed to take. And she said, oh, just a generic, generic mm-hmm. physics. Does it matter? Yeah, you didn't need a lab. It can just be very basic physics, right? So our local um, community college had it online. 
and I read all the, you know, reviews on Rate My Professor and basically everybody on Rate My Professor was like, take it. It's an easy class. I couldn't get into it. You you couldn't? You know what I'm talking about though? Three times. Yeah. Like you were about to say, all the tests are posted. Every Like it's literally, yeah. All the quizzes are posted. And I was like, you know, let me just see how it is. Yeah. Literally. I did nothing. I think I had to keep reminding myself I was in the class because I literally did nothing. Like, I well, you didn't just, miss out. I I feel bad though. I feel so bad for everybody who struggled in physics or chemistry. Um, but it's funny though because a student that's going to be in the CSAD major, um, I recommended this to the student, and she took the class, the same class I did, and the professor after COVID changed the whole curriculum. Yeah, same professor, same community but it's still online. Because like when still it's online, online, you can still figure some things out. No, she took it and she was like, this is so different from what you're describing. Like he changed all the questions. He he made sure all the questions were all mixed up and like the numbers were different. Hands. Yeah, because of COVID, I think he realized he needed to change his curriculum. And so she took it and it was a really hard class for her. And I was like, yeah. ooh, You know, sucks. what I... What I noticed about physics is I feel like I this is such a generalized statement. Um, I feel like the professors that teach physics are like professors who want you to get it right off the bat. They mm-hmm. I'm gonna do no. an example problem yeah. on the board and now you need to yeah. be able to do it and do the lab. And I feel like physics is not like that. Like yeah. my brain, and maybe I'm just dumb, but like my brain could not wrap around it. And I would have done chemistry because when I was a freshman, I took chemistry and I got an A in it, but that was in Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. And then like I took, I, I got in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm going to pass chemistry in college. So I didn't take it. But I feel like all physics professors that I've met are the same. They're like old white men. They like no, think this is the world. Like I'm not becoming a physicist. I'm yeah, really not. Yeah. I, pro- I, I solemnly swear to not become a physicist. <laughs> Just let me pass the class. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, we're way well, off on a topic. That's off topic. Okay, what is? Let's go back to our our main segment. What was your favorite course? My favorite course, hmm, in undergrad. Um, can I choose a prereq? Sure. When? Well, um, I would say ASL. Yeah. Because I almost became an interpreter mm. from how much I loved ASL. I took. I think our university offered up to ASL five. And I took a- up to ASL four. I really loved ASL. What? Oh my gosh! Do you still feel like you're fluent? Oh God, no. I um, <laughs> I used to work really hard to stay like involved in the community and like you know actually get experience with mm-hmm. deaf people. Um, once we started our masters, I didn't have time anymore. So I now like I use it in my therapy the way everyone else does, where like core words, um, yeah. you know. Um, I can have a conversation, but like I'm so slow. I'm so um, mm-hmm. like <laughs> not fluent at all. Uh, but I I genuinely thought I would become an interpreter. Why didn't you do um, deaf studies as your minor? Did you consider it? I did. It would have added a semester, and I was like, no. But what was your favorite? <laughs> I'm so sorry, guys. I don't know where all these tangents are coming from. She had um, too much what coffee. Was your favorite in reality. I have had. Yes, a lot of coffee keeps me going. Um, Okay, my favorite course. I think the one that really stands out to me is our neuro course. I remember Mm -hmm. um, finishing the like final for the course and just everything kind of just clicking in my brain. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, this is so interesting. Like we – I ended up – literally the day after I took the final, I ended up volunteering at a stroke support group. And I was like, wow, I see that type of aphasia. I see this. I see like the person's using jargon and circumlocution. And it's like, things were just like firing in my brain. I just remember Mm -hmm. really enjoying it and like, like really loving the content and seeing how it applies with our, um, with like the participants that I was, um, at the support group with. And I just really Mm -hmm. liked it. And I loved the professor. I love that professor. Um, (laughs) What I was going to say about that class is I literally remember before every like test that we would do, I would Mm -hmm. go into the library with my friends and we'd like be sitting at the table 
And I would get so anxious about those tests and I would literally have to go find an empty part of the library, lay down, like I'd literally lay on the floor and like write, like, you know, commit to memory, Mm -hmm. everything that I needed to know. I don't think that class was a class that I took and I was like, oh, I want to work with adults. I think really are like, I think the, what are they called? Like the programs that she had, those were made me want to work with adults. That class was not what made me want to work with adults. I hated that class. Really? That's probably, I just think it was, yeah. I just think that's one of my like, real least favorite class. Interesting. I just thought it was like I was a lot. I was really involved in a lot of her programs, and so mm-hmm. the things that she was teaching in the class, I would it did carry over. See, yeah, it carried over a lot, and I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. that is so cool. Everything that she's telling me, I can see it in these mm-hmm. like patients or these participants that I was working with, and I just really love that correlation. And I would run to her and tell her, oh my gosh, I saw this and this and this, and she's like, yeah, that's what we were just learning about. Yes, so, that's it did. It was it. cool like that. It was cool like when we would be in the programs with her and like we would know actually how like how to actually um, handle our um, not patients members or participants. Mm-hmm. Um, but the class, I, I didn't like that class. What didn't you like about it? Um, I don't know. I feel like it was so that class was the same year that we took one. That was one twenty seven. It's the same year that we took 125, right? Maybe. I don't remember. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say, but we can just cut it out. That one was with me. Oh my gosh. Wait, I am getting flashbacks. Okay, now I understand why you didn't like it. So literally, I think taking them, yeah, because taking them together, my brain linked it. And like, I hated I hated it. Now that you say it, I totally remember because it was divided in half. I remember now. And Mm -hmm. I hate it. But once the professor that we love Mm -hmm. came in, she changed the whole thing. No, no. No. I'm thinking about it now. I remember like flashbacks and I can see. Yeah. I think the slides are blue. blue. Do you remember the blue Mm -hmm. slides? The class? I think all his slides are blue. Oh, yeah. All the slides. Oh, the slides. Let me think. I don't remember the slides. I just remember I just how remember much I blue. did not like. And you know what's funny? There was, actually, and there were so we many words. Into, there were so many words. So many words. But that one is probably the most beneficial class for anyone who, like, worked with kids in a private practice or in the schools. Because a mm. lot of the times, like, when I'm talking to Amanda, the stuff she talks about, like, is stuff mm-hmm. that he covered. Um, but that class was just I, – I, I think that's why – I didn't like that. I just, I couldn't. I couldn't. I see what you mean. I like the second half of that course. I wonder if that's why they made them into two separate classes. And that's why it's on its own listed. It could be. I think you're right. Potentially. Probably not. But yeah, so that was your favorite class. And I see why. Was that the moment where you're like, I'm going to work with adults? Or did you already know before that? No, I think that was the moment where I thought to myself, wow, working with adults seems so interesting or working in the medical field seems so intriguing. And then mm-hmm. I was like, but I don't think I could ever do it because remember I was too high energy at the moment. doing it. Yeah, in here. But it's so crazy though because I don't even work with patients like that. It's baffling because mm-hmm. I mainly work with patients who have dysphagia. dysphagia. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. maybe like 50 to like – yeah, I'm not like 80, 75 to 80% of my caseload. And I love, mm. love, love, love dysphagia. So I think that's just crazy. Mm-hmm. But I, that's the moment I realized yeah. I like, um, I just adults. like adults. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I love cognitive, cog therapy. If I can love work with cogn- only yeah, pediatric feeding and TBI, even yes. actually stroke too, I, that would be my happiest caseload because the brain, you guys, like, we did so it. I don't know if you did it, but there was like another research that we could have done and it was um, specifically with TBI. I think you did it. I remember mm-hmm. you doing it. Um, and just the progress that we would see over the course of the research was insane. Like that was where I was like, I need to get my PhD. I need to be a researcher. Mm-hmm. Like that was the professor who made me want to be a researcher. And right. she is so high energy, guys. She is so outgoing. She um, is, yeah. Kind of like how we were and how I think <laughs> I still am sometimes. Um, and it made me see someone who's kind of like me with my personality, um, mm-hmm. like being so great. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go kick butt. But um, yeah, I haven't worked with TBI since my medical internship. I, I love TBIs. Okay. Unpopular opinion. I don't know. You could tell me how you feel about it. I actually highly dislike aphasia. Like I 
Really? Don't like, I don't like aphasia. Every single time I work with a patient, really? it's okay. I, I should be very specific. I don't like yeah. Wernicke's aphasia. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's I, uncommon. I don't think that's a popular. I, I was like, really? Well, aphasia is like the last thing I don't like to work. I, I, every single time, Wernicke's aphasia specifically, I don't like. But every single patient I've had with aphasia, it's not like my favorite thing to treat. I rather treat like dysphagia or um, cog. Like aphasia is like the last thing. Dysarthria. I can do dysarthria because it's really very simple. But yeah, aphasia is something that mm. I just really don't don't really like to treat. Mm. I yeah, like aphasia. Um, I think if I ranked them, I would say like TBI, like cog. I'll just say cog. Mm-hmm. Um I would do cog, and then I like dis like dysphagia, swallowing. Mm-hmm. If this is an adult, and then I would say aphasia, then dysarthria. Dysarthria, I just feel like is so, and maybe this is my lack of honestly, my lack of knowledge. I've only worked with a few people who had dysarthria, and I feel like, and they were really mild cases, but I feel like it's kind of it gets boring. Um, no, I can see that for too. Me. Yeah. yeah, no, that's true. But I don't know if there, but I'm sure like there's courses you could take and you know it's like very repetitive actually out in yeah that's what i think also though i might have made that negative association being told that i was disarthric. that you have dysarthria because you're you're monotone because i'm so monotone in case you guys can't tell from this that was so <laughs> mean okay no we let it go we talked about it and i set it free so <laughs> that is true wish her the that best true So guys, we're actually going to end this episode here. As you probably notice, we have a lot we want to share and a lot we have to say in regards to our undergrad experience. So we have actually decided to split this episode into two parts. Be sure to listen to the next episode for an exciting continuation where we're going to delve deeper into our experiences and share more about our volunteer work that we completed as undergraduates. We cannot wait to continue this conversation and share our overall thoughts with you all and just share our undergrad journey with you guys. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Communication Corner. And as always, reach out to us on our social medias, Communication Corner Pod, or email us at communicationcornerpod at gmail.com. So guys, I hope you all have a wonderful week and we will talk to you later. All right, bye.